You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. So it's 4.8 years of full-time work. That's just 40 hours a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're at like... You. How many I've never hours heard it put that way. That's so I listened oh, to a really? whole podcast on it. And this, there's a, a lady who says she wanted to learn to sing like Whitney Houston. And they have like a recording of her singing. And it's very, very terrible, like a bad American Idol audition. <laughs> and then they have her singing after 10,000 hours of determined practice with like a voice coach. And she sounds like Whitney Houston. It's insane. <gasps> it's a really good That's podcast. Amazing. Who was the podcast? Was it Malcolm Gladwell? I think it was a radio lab. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Betsy. It's Katsy. And today we are here with Josh and Megan Osborne on the topic of raising kids with special needs. Ooh. Uh, we have our resident experts in the house with us in the studio tonight. We have determined that 10,000 hours, you could be an expert. And so yeah. you guys have put in way more time than 10,000 hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. I found a quote. Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. I'm, I'm a fan of his. It takes 10,000 hours to truly master anything. Time spent leads to experience, experience leads to proficiency, and the more proficient you are, the more valuable you'll be. So when we're on these topical podcasts talking about on the topics, that's what we're going by. We're framing it by 10,000 hours. So Josh and Megan have been on our podcast before individually. They've both had their own and then... They've also been on the month of love for our marriage. So if you haven't listened to them, you can go back and find their solo podcasts and their couple podcasts, but they're on today as content experts. Megan is a licensed preschool teacher. She taught preschool for nine years in Dayton and at Heartland Christian School. She's also the curriculum director at the Upper Room Fellowship for our children's ministry. So all of you who have kids in children's ministry, Megan is writing the curriculum for all of our programs. Mm -hmm. Josh is a DPT, a doctorate of physical... He's a physical therapist. He's also an operations officer for security forces in the Air Force. Josh and Megan have been married for 13 years. They have three daughters, Finley, Riley, and Callie. So welcome back to the podcast tonight. (laughs) And when we say back, we really mean back. This is take two (laughs) of some missing footage. (laughs) Sorry. Well, thanks for having us. Yes. So tell us. The story of how you became an expert of raising kids with special needs. That journey started April 8th, 2016. Megan gave birth to our twin girls, Finley and Riley. They were born very early at 23 weeks, six days. And the doctors told us there was a 50% chance of survival, which ended up being true for us. Finley went to be with Jesus, and Riley was in the NICU for 130 days. It was a long journey, lots of ups and downs. She had a brain bleed that caused her right side to be weak. 
also led to some vision deficits. Anyway, all these all these things together that they call cerebral palsy. Now, when we were in the in the hospital with her initially, they didn't call it that, but they they kind of told us some things that might be in store for Riley and. We're very thankful. Yeah, we just came from a parent-teacher conference in kindergarten. And if you would have told us back then that she'd be doing what she's doing now, if you would have told those doctors back then that she'd be doing what she's doing now, <laughs> wouldn't have believed it. And we just feel really fortunate to be her parents and to to get to, to be her mom and dad. So after 130 days, we came home August 15th. That was a huge day, and we celebrate that every year. Josh, tell us what CP means okay, for the novice. <laughs> CP or cerebral palsy, it's really just a umbrella term, blanket uh, description of a whole bunch of different signs and symptoms that a, a kid might have. They use cerebral palsy when this happens during birth or shortly after, right around that time of birth. And there's not like a blood test that they can do to say that someone has cerebral palsy. It's just the way that they classify the movement disorder that Riley specifically has a movement disorder, but cerebral palsy can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different kiddos. There's a broad spectrum that cerebral palsy has. So it can look like being nonverbal and unable to move at all. For Riley specifically, it's called triplegic cerebral palsy. It affects both of her legs and her right arm. And that's because the brain bleed that she had, it's on a scale of one to four. And Riley's was a grade four, which is the most severe. And it was on the left side of her brain. So it affects mostly the right side, but there's also some carryover. Definitely her left arm is what she uses mostly to interact with the world. She uses the left arm a lot, mm -hmm. relies very heavily on it. It also affects her vision. So all of those things grouped together is called cerebral palsy. So yeah, it might look different for, for another kid. So besides the diagnosis of cerebral palsy, you guys have gone through a lot of procedures and surgeries with Riley. Megan, do you want to give us a rundown of all the things you've gone through oh, so sure. far? Sure. She's had four different eye surgeries. She had her fourth one just most recently. It is just amazing what they can do. I know sometimes when Riley was in the NICU, we got to witness like something pretty miraculous with her eyes, like something where like the doctors saw something and then the next day they didn't. And so, you know, we just said we believe in miracles and just really believe God touched her. We've seen that, but then we've also seen God work through like the talents and the wisdom that we believe he gives doctors. So she's had four different eye surgeries where each time they've cut the muscles in her eyes because they get stuck down due to her brain bleed. They cut all the muscles and then they literally lift her eyeball up and reattach it to give her better vision, which is crazy because also in the brain is just like amazing how it works, even though hers is affected by that brain bleed, just how her brain works. And, you know, if the eye has to work too hard to see, then eventually the brain will just stop sending signals and she would like lose sight in that. So every time they've lifted it, it's given the brain like another chance to keep trying to use it and to try to like save her sight, which is really cool. It's amazing. <laughs> and she has a, it's called a VP shunt in her head. It's a device that they had to put in due to her having that brain bleed. The pressure was building up in her head and it just, there wasn't when she was that little tiny baby in the NICU, there wasn't room for her brain to grow. I remember them showing us the pictures and they just said there's like no room for a brain to grow, which is like, oh. So they put in a shunt and... A temporary bubble that they drew the spinal fluid off of every day. So that it wouldn't have all that... 
pressure, pressure in her brain. Inside. And they had to wait for her to, she was born, you know, at one pound, five ounces. So she was really little. They had to wait till she was two pounds in order to have her undergo surgery to put in the permanent shot. And it just took forever for her to gain weight, but she did. And they put the the permanent shunt in. So instead of, you know, your body just naturally cycles, is that a good word? Cycles the spinal fluid, you know, hers doesn't do that. So when they put that shunt in, the device does that for her and her spinal fluid goes through a tube that runs from like her brain down her neck into her abdominal cavity. And it's all coiled up in there, this tubing, so that as she grows, it stretches out. So um, they told us that shunts usually fail a 50%, with a 50% yeah. failure rate within the first year. Every time they have to go in to fix it, it is a big surgery and it just causes a lot of recovery and everything. So they said expect it to fail within the first year, if not like the first three years. And Riley is six and hers has never failed, which is yeah. just amazing. Her most recent surgery was a, a surgery on her back where they cut into the central nervous system again and she had nerves cut to take the tightness in her legs away and they said that that timeline for the shunt failure starts over again and she still hasn't yeah her neurosurgeon was like this is a big surgery it's extra big for her because it's like opening a pandora's box he's like i just don't know what to tell you about that and so we were like oh he's like you could go through this and then have to come back and it'd be another say we're like oh man but it's almost been a year since she's had that surgery and her shunt is still working which is just i don't know we call them a million little miracles she definitely is a walking little miracle i think in terms of to just being the parent of a special needs child we heard a doctor in the NICU, a resident, say that we have to try um, when they were talking about taking out her breathing tube. The doctors were arguing about it, and then there was just this resident that spoke up, was bold enough to to say, we have to try, and it was enough to convince everyone in the room that it was time to try to take the breathing tube out, and she did great. She did great with it, and (laughs) that's something that I think has kind of... It was our mantra for a while. Yeah, been like kind of a rallying cry for us at times, Uh, and even recently with this surgery. It was a huge surgery. She had to learn to walk again. They said it was about, in total, about a six-month recovery. We didn't... We really wanted to be sure that that was the way we should go. They talked about how if we didn't get the surgery, the tightness in her legs would take over her bone growth to the point where her hips would start to dislocate. She would have to get a hip replacement around the age of 14. They would try to push it off till then. So they do x-rays every year and they show us this is how her hip is coming out. It's, it's starting to happen. So they said, you can do that later or you can do this now. And it was just kind of one of those things where we have to, I felt like we had to try. I didn't want to get to the point where we're nine years down the line and then we're doing the surgery because we didn't try now. Hmm. So I think same was true with school when it was time to put her in school. We didn't know if she was ready. Well, we got to try. Um, <laughs> And just even with that surgery, we were told to prepare for her to be in the hospital for a month and then to be in like rehab, intense rehab for three months. There's only been one other kiddo that they sent home. She got to come home after two weeks and they've only other done that one other time and all the times that they've done that. And so we just really see that as just God working through in amazing ways. They've said it. They said it this time, like, that's amazing that she's able to go home this early. And, um, you know, we just know that a lot of people have covered Riley in prayer and us and we're just really thankful even for our upper room family they sent us a lot of you guys sent us a lot of cards and words of encouragement and messages and you guys have a 
been like a big part of Riley's story. She calls it her upper room family. She looks forward to church every Sunday. Looks forward to saying hi to the worship team buddies. It's cool. We celebrate homecoming day every year. And one year, all she wanted for homecoming was to be able to sing songs with Kate. And Kate did that for us. She stayed after church and like sang songs and Riley just danced her heart out. At this point, it's the only reason (laughs) that Christian comes to church. (laughs) She's a big fan. For Jesus Jesus and for Riley. (laughs) She's a a huge fan. (laughs) So we're very thankful for for you guys. And just even in Sunday school, it's Sunday school's always been, I love teaching and it's something that I really love but you know to be honest there are just times when it was hard because Riley has in addition to her you know vision and movement patterns that make it tricky she has like a processing auditory processing challenge where things are just when it's busy and it's loud it just gets really overwhelming for her and I was at a loss as to how do I teach which is something I love doing and how do I help her it was just it was just overwhelming it made it so that every Sunday there was this like anxiety for both of us really like oh how are we going to do this? And Monica just has really been really awesome. And she's trained three kids who are amazing and they get to be Riley's aide and they help her. And I don't even know if they know how much they've helped me um, be able to get to do something that I really like to do too. And Riley generally looks forward to working with them and to just see their willingness to work with Riley and their patience and kindness with her is just really incredible. So yeah. we're very thankful. Thank you. Okay, Josh and Megan, as our resident experts on raising kids with special needs, give us your top five list of things that you've learned. I think one thing I've learned, we've learned, is to celebrate just every little thing. Riley loves like a good party, and we do. We just, you get to celebrate. We celebrated like first steps, you know, first words, because we just were told that we would never have those. Every little thing we celebrate that's carried over into this just like culture of our family we have Callie now and I mean she loves a good party too and we celebrate every little thing with her helps you not to take it for granted I think even just when we thought about how we were going to tell Riley she had cerebral palsy it was going to be a celebration even though it you know it was something that was hard and like heavy I think to celebrate because Josh really helped me when we were in the NICU and they told us that list of things that like, these are the things like, because she's born early, these are the things that could happen. And then when she had that brain bleed to the grade that she did, they were like, you know, that list we told you, it went from like, maybe to At most least, definitely. Almost. I mean, they told us the likelihood went way out for all of these. Things. Yeah. They couldn't know for sure. Yeah. It's just, they wanted, I appreciated their honesty. They yeah. didn't really pull any punches, which is good. Cause it was like, Oh, so, and maybe it was just what I like got stuck in my head. I remember we like took her home and she like looked really good. I mean, for what we had seen before, you know, like she had looked so good. And I remember like we spent the first year in like quarantine at yeah, home because like before there was quarantine, <laughs> like we were quarantined for a year because she like had all these lung issues and like couldn't go outside. And I just remember like I was home by myself with her and you'd look at her and she just looked so good. And it was just so hard to wrap your head around. You just didn't know what was going to be like, is she ever going to talk? Is she going to walk? Is she going to know? who I am like 
you would just look and like wonder and it would just give me like great anxiety. It's just like wondering like the what if, you know, and just knowing like she did have cerebral palsy and like what would that look like? And I just was so like stressed out about that. And I was just like dreading every doctor appointment for when they were going to officially say she had CP and officially say she had vision deficits and all those things. And I was just like so worked up about it one day and Josh came home. So like me being like a hot crying mess and he told me, you know, Megan, like, see, you know, someday someone will say she has CP. They will. And it's going to be something that's going to be a label that it's given to her. But it's not who she is. It's just, it's just this label that describes what happened to her. It's part of her story, but it's not who she is. And it really just shifted something for me in my mind. Josh has always been really good at like seeing what others can't see in her and like has always dreamed really big for her and I think that's just really amazing I don't always have that and so that really inspired me so in celebrating every little thing it helps me to like not focus on the challenges though those very well are there it helps me to focus on all the things that she has overcome and like be hopeful for the things that she has yet to do and I think that's true for everybody I mean that's true for like Callie and me and Josh and so it's really like been something that has like changed our family i think in the good way number two number two i said during this journey of raising a kid with special needs you start to learn that everyone has a story and there are so many amazing kids and families i think people are willing to share with us when they see riley her deficits are very easy to visualize so people see that she has challenges and then they'll come up to us and kind of share with us about their story you know you just start to hear more and more of these stories and think man so amazing what this family's been through at the NICU in Akron we've met a couple families that we still are close with and seeing what they go through every day and you just kind of start to form a support system but you see what these families go through day in and day out and just think, man, they're amazing. And their kids are amazing. You know, how they adapt to the deficits that they have and the environment around them is really remarkable. And it gives you an appreciation, I think, for the fact that everyone does have a story, whether you're talking about a kid with CP or special needs or or something else entirely. People are, are going through stuff all the time and it gives you an appreciation, I think, for that. Back to you, Megan. Oh, thank you. Number three. Number three. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't have said this a couple of years ago. I, I was more like frustrated by this, or but I've seen it now as a as a gift. I think Riley has given me this like really cool gift of slowing down. It takes Riley a long time to learn how to do something or to do something, and her seasons have lasted really a really long time. Like she didn't walk until she was two and a half, and she didn't like talk until she was like two and a half. So like things just took a lot longer. And when we were like out and about when she was like little, you know, walking anywhere it like took forever and I remember walking one time and you held her up a certain way to walk and we were walking along and this lady who I think must have like Josh said a story of her own she was an older lady she just said wow mama you're really strong and she's given you the gift of appreciating time like enjoying the moment and she just kept going and I was like I don't feel that way like I'm like (laughs) but like thinking back on that it did it's true like now that we have Callie watching Riley was our only our first raising of your kids so like we didn't realize how fast the seasons go like Callie was just up and walking like so fast talking and then like whoa just realizing like man like I got to appreciate just really enjoy and soak up the moment and she helps me to slow down to see all the little details and even though some days it doesn't feel like that some days I do get frustrated with how slow things are but she's taught me a lot to appreciate that just to kind of expand on that a little bit with Riley 
we have to kind of force ourselves to see the world in a different way because Riley literally does see the world in a different way. And so it helps you to get outside of your own box and your own perspective and point of view and see the world from a different perspective. And I think that's probably true for any parent. They have yeah. to start to see the world differently. With Riley, it's just really important that we see the world in a different way and see the challenges in a different way. I think it's helped me, I don't know, even in my own, like meeting other people, whether they have special needs or not, just that everybody has things that are challenging or you meet people who are really different from you. I think differences can be scary. I remember saying that as a kid, like I'd see another kid with like a wheelchair or maybe they weren't able to talk and, you know, you're like intimidated by that. And I totally understand that, you know, even I've watched that happen thryly. Like most of the time kids are super curious, but other times it can be like intimidating. She like has to see people up close. So when she comes up to talk to you, she's like up to your nose and that can be like, wow. And she's learned like about that but that can be intimidating so or you know what are what are those things on her legs or that can be scary and I'm not offended by that or I don't take that personally just because I know as a kid that was like hard for me and I think anybody you meet someone who's different than you and you're like oh that's scary but I feel like Riley has taught me to appreciate differences even if I don't always understand or you know even agree with someone on something that's different they are like an amazing person and soul created by God and he loves them and to just really appreciate people and their differences and meet them where they're at, giving me a whole new perspective on that. Something that just happened this past weekend, Riley and Callie were flower girls. It was a challenge for Riley to get down the aisle in the last wedding that she was in flower girl, but she did it. You know, I'm just really proud of her. And I told my cousin who was getting married, well, I told the person who was in charge of the wedding. <laughs> I said, hey, just so you know, Riley's probably not going to throw any petals. We tried to put the basket around her right hand, and that's the hand that doesn't work as well. So she doesn't have very much dexterity in that hand. So we just kind of looped the basket around it, but then she couldn't reach in with her left hand past her right hand to get petals out. And so I said, hey, she's probably not going to throw any petals. <clears throat> just so you know, tell the other flower girls, go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they were about to go down the aisle, and Riley said to Megan, we were about to go down the, or she was about to go down the aisle, and I just said, you don't have to carry this basket like she was kind of like stressed about how to walk and how I said you don't have to carry it and she said which is just so cool Annie M is what she calls my aunt Miss Monica who's pretty amazing Riley has learned a lot from her and she said Annie M told me that I can find different ways to do things so I'm just gonna shake it and so she started <laughs> down the aisle and every couple of feet she'd stop and just like shake her basket really oh hard God. so that the petals would fall out with her oh one hand God. you know and I just thought that was the coolest thing you know do things the same way but I can still figure out a way to do it and yeah. I think that was we were like so proud of her for that and just yeah. cool to see that that influence that my aunt has had on her oh who God. I just think is so amazing that's amazing <laughs> That's so cool. So Monica's going to be bawling. Oh, yeah. I told her that day and she was like, oh my God. Yeah. And I love how genuine that is. That's so genuine. Like she really thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I might not be able to do that, but what way can I do it in my yeah. own way? Yeah. Like she totally thought yeah. through that. And that was her answer. And I to thought the... she would maybe just like shake it at the beginning and be done, but she like would take a couple steps and like shake it and then take a couple, like she was <laughs> yeah. genuinely trying to it. just like, space it out. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, look at you. So, so that was really cool. What number are we on? I don't know. Let's see. We said celebrate, celebrate, slow down. What was your second one? Seeing other people in a new way. Number four. Okay. Number four, I think we just learned just the importance of having a community. We're fortunate to have an amazing family, an amazing church family. And then, like I said, those families that we met from the NICU, someone who went through that journey with us and understands it from that perspective and just how important it is to have those circles around you to be able to 
lift you up you know the saying is it takes a village to raise a child and i'm sure that, again it's hard to know we're learning now with our other daughter a lot of this stuff is just true for <laughs> parenting i think some of it is maybe amplified a little bit with special needs and just uh, how important having community around you is to just be able to keep your sanity and kids just there's just tough moments Last night was brutal, <laughs> to be honest. We were kind of laughing about it. We we're like, we're about to go do this podcast. We got your questions as we were like cashing yeah. out some of her challenges and like how were we responding to them. And Megan, you like ask all these questions. And I was like, we are not experts. Yeah, so Megan, we sit here like totally Megan like, came home and I was on the verge on? of losing it. And this is, had them in the bath, both of them sobbing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's real life. It's real life. That's right. I love how you, you know, you have a family, a church community, friends. But I think there's something really special about having friends that have gone through something very similar that mm -hmm. that only they can really know what it's like to experience that. Mm -hmm. Because other people, what do they say? They can sympathize or empathize mm -hmm. with you. But when you have someone that was in the NICU or has a child who's got CP, there's a whole nother language. There's acronyms. There's, mm -hmm. there's all this like subculture. And I think having people that you can just call and they know exactly what that means or how that feels yeah. is important. Even though the other people that maybe haven't walked in your shoes love you and support you. But I think there's something special about having a community that knows, really knows what you've yeah. gone through. Mm -hmm. For sure. It took me a while to like really get there because I think, you know, you have in your mind like how it's going to go or how you think it's going to go. And, you know, no one expects like their you know, kiddo to be born so early and then have the special needs for like a long time. I think I really fought it because I just was, no, like I have my friends and they have these kids and they're great friends and they're amazing kids and I'm super thankful for them. But you're right. There is something to that. And I guess maybe I just didn't want to, you know, admit like how different it is. I'm like, no, it's fine. It's like Josh said there are a lot of things that like all parents have but then there are just some things that are just different because of that and I think when I started to just accept that just to be like yes it's different and it's not always terrible there's like some really beautiful things that come out of the differences but yeah that willingness to just be like okay it is and then it helped me to embrace those people that like God had really given to us they're right there and so it's been really cool I feel like that's grown a lot in the last couple years they really inspire us and number five. It's going to be Megan. Patience, I guess. Yeah, that would be a big one. I mean, yeah. I feel like parenting just teaches you that anyway. But yeah, Patience. and I'm still learning, I would say, for sure. That's a good one to add, Mom. Talk a little bit about the dichotomy you have of raising one child with special needs and one child who doesn't have those special needs. Yeah. And how do you juggle that? That's a really good question. How do we juggle that, Megan? <laughs> I think we're learning. I think it was a bit of a reprocessing for us. I don't know if you would say that, Josh, but for me it was. I felt like I processed some of the disappointment of like how things went the way that they did. I mean, you're so thankful. You hold it, that tension of being like so thankful that God has brought Riley to the place that he has. And like, you know, he's done miracles and amazing things. Like every day we get to wake up and look at this like amazing miracle. But I would honestly, though, there are days you wake up and every day you're reminded of what is different than what you thought it was going to be you know and it just like sometimes is hard on your heart to like watch the struggle and I wrestled with like holding that tension of thankfulness and just also longing for what could be and I think the longing for what could be really shot up when Callie was born and not only that maybe not so much when she was born but when she started walking and talking and just eating it was just 
So easy. So easy. Everything <laughs> was just like, wow. And then you also don't want to be like, yeah, yeah, you, that's so easy. I mean, you like wanted to like celebrate her for all the things that she does too. And so, yeah, that was really hard. And it was also just a lot of squeezing of the heart and like, oh, and like for some reason, I don't know why, but Callie is exceptionally like athletic <laughs> and like agile. Yeah. Not only has she, like, does it just happen, but like it just happens even more so for her. Like, People like she's too? Like how, yeah, <laughs> athletic and how quickly she picks up on things. And that is like Riley notices, wow, Callie doesn't need help going down the stairs. Yeah. And, you why know, can Callie go down the stairs by she, yeah, she's so little how can she do that you know like trying to realize or like Callie can wear any kind of shoes that she wants you know Riley has to wear a very specific shoe and that's never been a question she's had before but I don't know I think it's really cool I've heard the saying like if you want to know how to treat someone with special needs look at their sibling and I think that's really cool I feel like Callie has a lot still to like show us but like she's already shown us kids with special needs they're really special they have those needs and then the siblings of kids with special needs they're really amazing too because she's learned patience in a way that like I don't think most two-year-olds have had to learn and then just like how she she takes Riley's braces off for her we're trying to like teach Riley to take them off herself because with her surgery she's looser so she's able to lift her legs up now where she couldn't before and so we're trying to teach her these things and it takes her for forever and she really doesn't like doing it and now Callie knows how to take them off and we're like wait Callie don't do it because like Riley needs to learn to do that but Riley will be like you take my braces off she'll like take them off for her she can open doors for her she goes gets things for her she I'll pushes never her walker for her the day i had they were going to eat breakfast at this table in front of the tv so i had carried the table over and callie was sitting in a chair over there and she stood up walked all the way back over to the kitchen picked up a chair brought it all the way back over and sat it down next to the table there you go riley (laughs) yeah man you just did that you're like two years old man (laughs) and she pushes riley on the swing and it's been really good for riley to be able to recognize that callie can do these things and makes her want to do them so it does it motivates her she gets up and gets out a lot more i think than she ever did before Mm -hmm. callie came around so i would imagine most of us listeners probably know a family or have someone in our family that's raising special needs kids can you give us some advice on what we can do to support families who are raising kids with special needs Yeah, for sure. I would just say, you know, it kind of goes back to what I was like talking about earlier. I feel like just seeing people that have these kiddos with, you know, special needs, I think it's, I totally relate to this. I find myself, you know, we're in like therapy offices all the time and we're meeting other families and Riley loves people and like wants to ask. And I find myself being like, oh, like don't ask. You know, you feel embarrassed or like awkward or you don't want to like embarrass someone else or draw attention to something. So you just have this like reaction to be like, shh, don't say anything. And I find, though, that's what we want to do because you're trying to, like, make it be okay for everybody. But the reality is the family, like, that's just their life. And they're very used to people looking at them. I feel like I'm someone who doesn't like a lot of people looking at me. And, like, you know, you have Riley and, like, the way she, like, walks and, like, talks. And, like, everybody is like, oh, who's that coming? So you're used to people looking. But you don't very often get people, except kids. Kids are very, like, cool and honest. But people just genuinely, like, looking in the sense, tell me your story. Like, who you are. Are not looking to stare at you or not looking to looking to be like oh what's that like or to like look and then like look away real quick because you're like oh, I'm just going to pretend that I didn't see that when you do that it's like you don't see them that person but I totally relate to how like why people do that because I feel that way like I've done that I'm like oh, I don't want to like cause more attention to what already they're dealing with but then like you're not seeing the kiddo or their family and I think they so doesn't everybody like want to be seen 
we all do. And, you know, not being afraid to like ask questions or even to encourage your kids because kids are so naturally curious and they're not asking to be mean or they're just genuinely, they, you know, kids ask all the time, like, what's on your legs? Are your legs broken? Like, they just want to know. And when parents go, Shh, don't say anything, then I feel like it makes it feel like don't look at her or don't see her or don't. So I think just not being afraid to ask, how can I help you? Tell me your story. Like, what could I do? You know, there's like a willingness to learn and to ask and then to encourage kids. It's okay to ask. However, on the flip side of that, though, just like for everybody, it takes a person to be willing to be vulnerable, which I think that's something that I've learned. You know, so many times people have been like, oh, do you need some help? My first thought is, I know, don't I look like a hot mess? Like, I sure need help. But like, you feel embarrassed or whatever and not feeling embarrassed at that willingness to like, let people help you and think that it's a coming together on both sides. Because I could totally feel something like, well, I'll ask, but then what if they're super offended? You know, I'm sure that that happens sometimes. But I think like Josh said, most people are more than willing to share their story or share how amazing their kid is. People love talking about their kids. We yeah. get to do it. Yeah. Megan kind of preemptively took care of that during the school year, which I thought was really great. Didn't you say you had heard of another parent sending out a letter? Well, when I taught in one of my classes one year, I had a kiddo who was nonverbal and his mom just asked, could I send home a letter just saying to like families, this is his name and this is things that he likes. I know that he likes these things, but he's not able to tell them. Is it like, okay, if I did that? And I was like, oh yeah, that's great. And it helped me as a teacher, but I think it also helped parents, you know, to be able to like talk about it with their kids. So when Riley went to kindergarten this year, I asked her teacher, like, could I do that? You know, all the time when we're on like out and about, I love it. Like kids will come up to her and like ask about her walker or her braces or why she walks the way she does. And she's getting better answering, you know, their questions. Though <laughs> Sometimes it just like takes her forever to understand what they're saying and then for her to get her words out. But she's getting better at answering them herself. But I just knew that kids went home and asked their mom and dad, like, there's this kid in my class. She has this walker and she has these things on her feet. What are those? As a parent, I'd be like, whoa. I don't know. And like, there could be a myriad of reasons someone has that. And so it would just feel like you want to talk about it with your kids, but what do you say? And so I just thought it would be a good way to help them talk about it. And so I just wrote it as if it were from Riley and hi, my name's Riley and I'm in your class and you might've noticed these things on my feet. I call them braces and I have something called CP and um, giving them the words to like talk about it. And she's just, she only goes half day, but she just started being able to stay for lunch on Fridays and she gets to go on the playground and she said everybody was like, wow, look at those braces on your feet. And like we're asking her about it. And she's like, everyone was just so amazed that I was on the playground. They just were so surprised I could do it. You know? <laughs> it was cool to like hear that they like could talk to her and didn't feel afraid. So I know that you mentioned some of these earlier, talking about how God shows up supernaturally for you. And you've seen it, I feel like, since some of the very first hours that she came into the world that God showed up and has been doing amazing miracles in Riley's life. But do you have any more recent ones where you feel like you got to see God continue to move? Yeah, for sure. Like Megan said, it's a million little miracles. So for her, her recent eye operation she had, for her back surgery that she had last year, she went into that kind of blind. Like she didn't know what was coming. It was the first surgery that she had had that she could remember. And it was bad. So when she found out she had to have another surgery, she went into it very, very nervous. And the anesthesiologist came in. And all I'm going to say is most of the time when the anesthesiologist comes in, it's like the worst bedside manner ever. Uh, The anesthesiologist, I feel like, doesn't know how to work with conscious patients. Are they allergic to anything? This is what we're going to do. There's a chance that they could die. Can you sign this, please? (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Friendly and social. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. But this guy came in and make it tell this story. This doctor was just awesome. He was awesome. He came in and Riley, while she can't see very well, she has this really great sense of hearing. And so he started talking to us. And in the middle of him going off his list of things he has to say, she says, oh my goodness, do you have an accent? And he was like, yes, yes, I do. And she said, are you from England? Because Riley has like a great fascination with countries and languages and like loves to learn different words. And when she did have that back surgery, she had to be flat on her back for two days and she couldn't move and she can't see. So you can't like hold anything up for her to see. So we were like, what are we going to do for her? So we just played what she calls look it up and we get on Google Translate and she asks us to look up words in different languages. And she did that for two days and like learned so many words, loved it. So she said, are you from England? And he said, no, no, I'm from Egypt. And she's like, oh my goodness, wow, can you tell me about things in Egypt? And that's in Africa, right? And he just was like, wow, yeah. And they just started having this conversation about his country and the language he spoke. And she asked him to speak some different words in Arabic. And he was teaching her to the point where she almost went back to the OR excited to be like, is that guy going to be back there? Like, I want to talk to him some more. (laughs) She just went, the nurse told us later that it was like the best ways a kid has gone under. You know, she said a lot of times when they go under and they're like really stressed out and worked up, they wake up and have a lot of trouble. She's like, she went under like so well, like she woke up. Just think that's so cool. And I feel like, I mean, we had that one really cool story of like her eye and a very miraculous like way and that's really cool that was crazy i don't feel like we see that necessarily a lot but i feel like over and over and over again the way i just see him supernaturally working in riley's life or the people that he brings into her life that day i just i felt like he was saying like i know who riley is i know what she likes i know what's gonna help her be strong and be brave and here you go i'm gonna send you this person i just think that's so cool to the point where i like look for it now who's coming because there's just been amazing people amazing people we have a ton of those kind of stories you guys should start writing them down a million <laughs> little miracles yeah oh that's, that's awesome. awesome there you go there you go there's your book we'll, we'll be waiting yeah. for it Megan. there's your book <laughs> <Negan>. <laughs> well we really appreciate you guys coming back on your some of our favorites. Oh my so um, thanks for coming into the, the yes. studio tonight and thanks for sharing your story and teaching us some things that maybe we don't think about that often or haven't been presented with. We appreciate that. But yeah. before you go on the topic, since we're on the topic, how about some resources? Something to watch, something to read, and something to listen to. Something to watch. So one of the best movies that I've seen is from Disney, and it's called Finding Nemo. Uh, When we were in the NICU, we got a story sent to us. Someone had connected with the writer of Finding Nemo on a plane or something like that and talked about how their kid was premature, and it was just a great story. I was like, man, that's like, that's perfect. So we were still in the NICU when we got that. So for her 100th day celebration, 100, 100 days is like a celebratory day in the NICU. Maybe that's where we got it, celebrating everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I got her a little Nemo. You know, Nemo has like one little fin. Nemo has a hard time swimming. And Riley got older. She even, you know, like when she dances, she just kind of goes in a circle because one leg doesn't move as well. So she just kind of uses that as her pivot point and just kind of goes around. It's just like the way she moves sometimes kind of reminds me of Nemo a little bit. When we had to sit down and talk to her about cerebral palsy and what that meant, we're trying to figure out how to do that. And I just thought of that story 
And it just gave us a, a really good way to kind of introduce that to her and had watched that with her. And even, you know, Nemo has one fin that's smaller because of something that happens when he's in like his egg and uh, there's like an accident that happens. And it was just an easy launching off point to tell Riley about her story, you know, and things that she didn't remember. Can explain it to her that she's able to, I think, understand it a little easier, you know, watching it from that perspective. And it's a really, really good movie and recommend mm -hmm. it to people. For sure. It's so smart. It is. I watched that happen. I was like, whoa, Josh, where'd you get that? <laughs> so good. <laughs> We have one of those things that comes across the screen with just pictures that we've taken. That's like the screensaver when the TV goes into power save mode. Mm -hmm. And that's like that picture is one of my favorite pictures. Is has like a 100th day celebration sign and a little Nemo and her isolate. So mm -hmm. I see it a lot. A good reminder. All right. Something to read. Something to read. I would like to read more. So if anyone has suggestions for me i would love to them <laughs> <laughs> but i brought uh two books i've read recently that were just really cool if anyone wanted to read them born to break the boundaries stacy santanasso but her son was born with no legs and only one arm it's not a very professionally written story but it's just like it's just her thoughts and like the things that she's learned and i just was like in a place of i don't always feel very i feel like riley's like way braver and stronger than me sometimes i'm just like i don't know god like if i'm like cut out for this i'm just emotional or like overwhelmed i josh is really good about challenging riley and pushing her out there and like a lot of times i know that sometimes i worry that i could be the one that holds her back the most only because i want to make it easier and protect her which you know isn't always the right way to go so i found a lot of courage from reading like other moms stories of how they were courageously sent their kids out into the world and how they like learned from other people and so that was one thought she was pretty amazing and then I haven't finished it yet but I started this one and then I had to pause because his like stories of when he was a kid or get me so much but I think it's going to be really good so I just brought it but there's no such thing as can't by Lisa Sexton and Tyler Sexton and Tyler is someone who has CP and he's a doctor now and it's just like his story of faith and pushing through and he just talks real honestly about like as a kid his challenges and how they really shaped him to be where he is today so that was a really good read mm. and then my uh favorite bible story to read is the story of lazarus and mary and martha and like when mary had a very honest conversation with jesus about why he didn't show up when she thought he would you know and that's been a really good one so check that one out mm. and to listen my aunt monica is an amazing person to listen to you should talk to her but she's pretty pretty good she's given us a lot i don't know how if she even realizes how much yeah. she has yeah, I think for me in terms of listen to, it's just that podcast, 23 Weeks, Six Days. That's a Radio Lab podcast. It's really relevant to today with everything that's going on and no matter what side you fall on with some of the political stuff. Uh, it gives you, I think, good insight into the challenges of NICU decisions, I guess I should say. But yeah, it's if you're interested at all in that, I would give it a listen. It's very insightful and raises some really good questions. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.